I got stuck there the other day, and uh, I usually jump the lights because that sign says jumping the the boom is a is illegal. But if the lights are flashing, I usually just draw through. But uh, the boom came down, and I got stuck. And you've got to make a decision at those moments, don't you? Are you going to you're going to turn the engine off and have a moment of eternity? Or are you going to uh, turn around and try and find some other way around? Uh, well, on this occasion, I decided I'd sit it out, and so I turned the engine off, and along came the three chugging diesel-electric lo locomotives. And um, what I need to do first is tell the children what our word of the week is. I'm sorry. <laughs> the word of the week is connect. So count the number of times I use connect, disconnect, reconnect, uh, and all those words. And Shando, my beautiful, gorgeous wife, will be counting the numbers. And you meet uh, the alligator at the, uh, in the center of the, the sanctuary, is it? What is this place? The auditorium. <laughs> uh, and if you get it right or close to right, uh, there'll be a gift for you from the alligator. Well, here I was sitting at the... Kirkwood Crossing and the three diesel locomotives came chug chugging by, belching fumes. And uh, I was sitting there wondering what this moment of deep significance in my life could possibly be about. <laughs> and then it occurred to me that in the light of our passage in Romans chapter 5 uh, and 4, that there is in fact a deep connection between what was going across the front of my, the bonnet, the hood of my car, <laughs> and this passage in Romans chapter 4 and 5. So let's turn together to Romans chapter 4, and starting at verse 25, read through chapter 5 and verse 11. Romans 4.25, Jesus our Lord was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access and we now stand in that place of access and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, Someone might possibly dare to die, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? And not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So here you have, if you like, in this passage, a great locomotive. The locomotive of the gospel, the locomotive of salvation. And in chapter 4, it is said to all come from Jesus our Lord. He was raised to life and died for our sins and was raised to life for our justification but that is a marvelous picture of the energy that is in the gospel. But as I sat there at the crossing and watched the train pass, this is the thought that occurred to me. Those three giant locomotives were actually expensive museum pieces without the coupler. without the railroad cars being connected to the locomotive, the locomotive was not doing anything for the railroad cars. And we might say from this perspective that the most important part of the locomotive is therefore the thing which connects it with the railroad cars. Now, whenever you see this word therefore in the Bible, you should ask yourself what it's there for. And it, to my mind, it's very unfortunate that our translators and those who brought the scriptures to us, very grateful for their thorough and precise work, that they added the chapter headings and the chapter numbers and the verse numbers. They're not in the original. The Apostle Paul didn't say, hmm, I think I'll put chapter 5 here and I'll call this verse 1. That was done for ease of reference for our sake by the translators and the communicators of the gospel. And this word therefore, which is this logical connector, should not be separated with a different chapter heading and a, a different heading over the whole paragraph. They are one and the same. They have been married in the purpose of God. And the therefore is in order to remind us that we are only what we are because we are connected to the great locomotive, the energy of Jesus Christ in the gospel. And the apostle makes very sure that we understand this because he says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith and he takes us back to the locomotive and throughout the passage we'll find him connecting us over and over again to the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus as the energy of our Christian experience. 
And the whole point of the passage is that this is a life of rejoicing. You find, therefore, that he starts off right in uh, verse 2 already saying, uh, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So he introduces the rejoicing lifestyle. Then he goes on and he says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. So one of the rail cars of our Christian experience which is connected to Jesus Christ is the issue of our suffering. The others are peace and access and hope. And here at the back, almost as an anticlimax behind the peace and the access and the hope, is this rail car connected to it all called suffering. And he says we also rejoice in our suffering because we know it's productive. And then he goes on and he says in verse 9, how much more then shall we not rejoice? And he says it again in verse 10, how much more? And finally in verse 11 he says, not only so, but we also rejoice in God. And he's like the skillful composer of a, a majestic symphony in which the theme is introduced and a instrument plays it in a solo part and then another instrument picks up the theme and the the theme is repeated say by the woodwinds and then the violins play it and then the 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 percussion picks up the theme and finally as a grand climax not only so the entire orchestra comes in and plays the theme again that you should be living a life of rejoicing and it's in God through Jesus Christ that this life of rejoicing is a possibility. Now you may feel as I do on many occasions, and some of you may actually feel this this morning, is the gospel actually a hoax? Because right at this moment, I feel anything but peace in my life. At this moment, I don't feel connected to God at all, but I feel as if we are on the opposite ends of the universe. He feels so far away from me. And at this moment, there's no real hope in my life, but I feel in fact hopeless and I'm bordering on depression or I'm already walking in the valley of depression. So is this a hoax that the Apostle Paul says, we've got these things. The only one I can really resonate with is suffering, but then I've got to back off and say, I'm not rejoicing in my suffering. In fact, I'm quite irritated by it. And more than that, I'm actually angry about it. And so the very real question comes to us that this passage which expounds the nature of Christian experience may actually raise deep questions within you where you say, the gospel's a hoax. Ah, but you see, the apostle wants to connect us to the correct source of our peace and access and hope and rejoicing in suffering. And so he adds this little bit in there. He says, and this hope 
the hope of character that comes through suffering. This does not disappoint us. It's not an embarrassing hope. But rather it is a real hope because God has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit and He makes this love of God for those four carriages are also connected to the love of God. And the Holy Spirit comes and He overwhelms our hearts with the love of God. And so we are connected to the locomotive. Without that, we without energy. There may be enough momentum to carry on a little way, but then the whole carriage, all four of them, come to a rolling stop. And there goes the locomotive. So we want to ask, how is it then that we disconnect? How is it that this happens? And before we do that, let me just tell you quickly and briefly what justification is, because that may be a new word to many people here this morning. This word justified is the legal declaration of a judge making a pronouncement from the bench. Justification is not something God does to you, like changing your heart. That's got a different name in Scripture and in theology. It is rather something that God says about you. It changes your legal standing or your status. And perhaps we can make that clear in our minds if we were to consider what it would be like to live in the USA as an illegal alien. You snuck across the border and you're living somewhere and wherever you're living you are always susceptible to deportation. You can't actually go to your boss and ask for better conditions because he could very possibly report you to the INS and you might be arrested and deported. When you see a policeman, you duck and you hide, hoping he won't see you. And when you're driving down the freeway, the highway patrol man makes you shrink in your seat. You have no access, really, to social security. You have no security whatsoever. And then there comes the day when maybe the president declares that there's a window of opportunity for illegal aliens to become bearers of green cards or even citizens. I've been through this process. I was not an illegal alien. I was a legal alien. <laughs> and we went to the L.A. Convention Center and the clerk of the court walked in and he declared the L.A. Convention Center a courtroom and a judge walked in. And the judge made a legal declaration which said, you are no longer aliens, legal or illegal. You are now citizens of the USA. That's what justification is. We were then all justified to live as citizens in this country. So it's a grand concept which has got consequences that bear throughout your Christian experience. Now when we disconnect from justification through the doing and dying of Jesus, 
what happens is that we start looking for life satisfaction, for contentment and peace through other things or other people or through our circumstances. So, for example, there comes a day when we believe the propaganda of our world, of our beloved United States of America, and we think, I can't possibly be happy unless I've got the latest technology and the latest motor car and the best house and a swimming pool, and all these things will make me happy and contented. Well, you've disconnected, haven't you? You've said goodbye to Jesus as the source of your satisfaction, and you connected to things as the source of peace and joy and rejoicing. If you look around, you'll see that we often do that with people. And so people sometimes get married because they believe this person will be able to bring me all the satisfaction and meet all of my needs. And the person can therefore mean that you disconnect from Jesus and connect to your spouse. And when you do that, just think about the pressure you put on your spouse. My God, I've got to satisfy her. My goodness, I've got to meet all her needs. And that's impossible for any man to do to any woman or any woman to do for any man. And there's a disconnect there. And you've let Jesus go. And what about life circumstances? The little statements like, if only, if only I had another job, or if only I lived in a different house, if only my children would obey me, if only my boss would resign, uh, and so on. And so all these if-onlys are disconnects. We're disconnecting from Jesus and saying, these are the things and the people and the circumstances that are going to give me life satisfaction and are going to bring me into a place where my life is contented. Hear then the gracious words of Jesus in Luke chapter 14. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother, his father, his wife, and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. These are gracious words from Jesus because he is identifying all of those things and people and my life with its circumstances and desires and so on, he's identifying them all as idols which can take his place in your life. He's identifying them as things that can disconnect you from Jesus and connected to them you're going down a separate railroad track. You see, no love can be unconditional if it has overtones of obligation. As long as I am tying people to me and expecting them to do things and fulfill certain roles in my life, it's not unconditional love. In fact, it's very conditioned love. We sometimes 
do this very subtly and we're hardly aware of it, but we expect gratitude from those that we love. And if our children don't show gratitude, we mutter under our breath and are discontented and we've given them the power to either give us or rob us of contentment. We can do it with, with a very overt way in a very overt way, in which case we actually make demands of them and you will find people who get sick in order to manipulate others to do their will. This is an overt way of doing it. And so we give these people the power to exercise in providing us with joy. And Jesus says, cut, cut those ties. Now, he doesn't mean hate in the sense of renouncing with violence. He's saying, cut the ties of idolatry. Reconnect again with the locomotive that is able to pull you. Get your carriages of peace and access and hope and rejoicing in suffering. Get them connected again to the right locomotive. And sure enough, it will bring you to God's destination. So, to disconnect from them means to tear them down and to enthrone Jesus alone as Lord. Now you notice how Paul continually reconnects us with the locomotive. And so he says in the middle, Christ died for sinners, reconnecting us again. And then later on he says, Christ died for the ungodly and he reconnects us again. And then right in the last verse, which is like this great climax, he uses, if you like, the word therefore to connect us with our justification in the doing and dying of Jesus himself. Our forefathers provided a bill of human rights for us. It ended the tyranny of people over us and gave any citizen a way to address injustice and justification is God's bill of privilege. It is God saying, these are your privileges. And if you disconnected, and I know there are people who are disconnected this morning, there are some who have never connected with Jesus we may well ask the question, how? How do we reconnect? How do I connect for the first time? How do I become connected to this great locomotive of Jesus Christ who provides the doing and dying for me to live a life of contentment and rejoicing? Well, you receive these things as a gift. And so if you study the tenses of the verbs in Romans, he doesn't say you've got to strive for peace. You've got to run an obstacle course, and at the end of the course, God says, here's your prize. Notice what he says. You have peace. You have access. You live in the place of access. You rejoice in the hope of glory. And not only so, you rejoice in your suffering. Where do I get these things? Well, they're God's gift to me. And how do I receive any gift? I take it 
And I say, thank you. That's what the Christian experience is. Staying connected to Jesus by saying thank you. So if I don't have peace, I say thank you and take the gift all over again. If I feel I'm disconnected from God, I say thank you for the locomotive, which is the energy. If I find that I'm hopeless, I say thank you for the hope of glory. And if I'm not rejoicing in my suffering, I say thank you, God, you're doing something profound. I receive the gift of rejoicing from you. Let us all pray together. Gracious God, we so easily revert again to salvation by works. And we think that these things are a prize for living close to you or worshipping acceptably or being effective witnesses. And now, Lord, we see that all of those things can actually be enslaving idols and so we gladly disconnect from them all and we gladly receive again by faith this wonderful gift of the doing and dying of Jesus and from his hand we accept the gifts of peace and of access to God and of rejoicing in hope and of even celebrating our suffering because it is productive. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.